Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. Not a football Friday this week. We'll get back to those next week as the football cats have the weekend off. But plenty to talk about today with our lineup of guests. Seth Greenberg from ESPN. Sean Vinsel from Hoops Insight. And John Lewis from WDRB in Louisville. Wildcat news of the day. Always the service of Giuseppe's of Lexington. Coach Cal was at the UK alumni tip-off luncheon yesterday in Louisville. It was Held out at Churchill Downs, a big crowd, and uh, one of the things that uh, got the crowd a little stoked up, they were talking about Cal coaching the sons of players he had coached previously in his career, like Aduthiero and Kareem Watkins, and then Cal said, I may get another kid where I coached his dad, and obviously everybody knows he's talking about DJ Wagner there, so they just created a little stir yesterday, um, still don't know a exact timeline for when Wagner is going to uh, announce the decision that I think everybody at this point expects to be Kentucky. Uh, Blue-white scrimmage coming up on uh, tomorrow night in Pikeville, and that should be a really fun environment. I remember the the days when Coach Hall would take his team out around the state. Uh, I grew up in Paris, and uh, he brought his team to, to Bourbon County High School one time. And it was just... Uh, off-the-charts excitement for the community, and it'll be the same way, I'm sure, in Pikeville tomorrow as the Wildcats roll into town. There's a, a fan fest before the game, and it uh, should be a, a lot of fun, certainly for all the people in, those, in that area who uh, need something to, to cheer about after all they've been through in eastern Kentucky. And uh, there'll be obviously a lot of talk about that in conjunction with this event tomorrow. We will have it for you on the UK radio network, uh, starting with the an abbreviated pregame show at 5.30 Eastern. Uh, Jack Givens and I will be there at courtside. Uh, there's also going to be uh, streaming on SEC Network Plus with Dick Gabriel and Cameron Mills. Uh, we know Oscar Sheboy is not expected to play per Coach Cal, but who else will play is the big question with uh, Cal talking this week about Jacob Toppin and Lance Ware both dealing with injuries. Uh, CBS announced its preseason All-America team yesterday, Oscar Sheboy on it, as you would expect. Uh, Matt Norlander wrote the story. He notes that Oscar could be the first back-to-back National Player of the Year, consensus National Player of the Year, since Ralph Sampson in the early 80s. Um, and and I know I knew that, but uh, I don't know that I'd really thought about that <clears throat> yet, that particular stat. We know Oscar's the first National Player of the Year to come back since Tyler Hansbro uh, more than a decade ago. Uh, joining him on the first-team All-America squad, North Carolina's Armando Baycott. Gonzaga's Drew Timmy. 
uh, Ani Haquez of UCLA and Marcus Sasser of Houston. Uh, CBS's John Rothstein reporting yesterday via Twitter that an NCAA committee has had discussion about expansion of the men's tournament by approximately 20 teams. There were comments uh, from Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner this week, saying he could see some merit to expansion. So it looks like it is most definitely on the table. And if it has gotten to that point, then maybe it will uh, happen. I don't know that uh, any of us who are big college basketball fans are uh, really excited about that. But like most of the things, it's uh, follow the money trail to find out the reason. Links uh, to the stories that we talk about each day, by the way, you can find those on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. When we come back, we will uh, chat with Seth Seth Greenberg. Taped, actually, the interview uh, yesterday because he was going to be busy this morning. Um, Wildcat News of the Day, a service of Giuseppe's of Lexington. And if you go to Giuseppe's, you will quickly find out that it is the best place to go for any special occasion birthdays anniversaries get a promotion at work have a good day at keeneland get the closing week coming up next week you can go ahead and make a reservation for dinner at giuseppe's after your day at keeneland or before or after a uk game go to giuseppeslexington.com you can see the menu while you're while you're there fantastic selection of homemade pastas and fresh seafood and hand-cut steaks Uh, Probably my favorite is the lasagna, but there's so many good choices. We'll be right back with Seth Greenberg here on the Friday edition of the Leach Report. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. And uh, we're taping this on Thursday afternoon. You're watching Arkansas practice, so we'll talk about that in a second, Coach. But I know you're in for the Pro Day weekend at Kentucky watching Cal's team what are your first impressions of this group? I think it's going to be a fun team. They got versatility offensively and defensively. They can play big. They can play small. I thought Jacob Toppin, to me, was one of the most improved players I've seen in a year. Uh, his maturity, the way he carries himself, uh, his shot making, you know, you know he can defend in his versatility. Uh, obviously, Casey Wallace, uh, really impressive with his maturity, just the way he carries himself. Has really been impressive to me. Obviously, Oscar, you hope he gets back soon and he gets back healthy where he can, you know, really kind of play at the level he played. But I love their versatility. Uh, I like their depth. Uh, I think that uh, they're playing faster, more five out, more drag ball screens, more spread ball screens, uh, more shot makers. I was really impressed with it. Yeah, let's talk about uh, Jacob uh, because when I watched the first practice, before the Bahamas, that was the first thing that, that struck me in just the first few minutes was that Jacob looked like he was four or five years older all of a sudden and just carried himself with a more kind of serious air to him, for lack of a better term. I don't know. But and yeah, from, from your coaching days, what does that usually tell you that's coming? Well, the light bulb goes on. Like, everyone wants the light bulb to go on immediately. It doesn't go on immediately. It takes time. And I think that him understanding the expectation, him understanding... Uh, you know, he's put in work. Uh, he understands who he is now and what he needs to do to get to where he needs to get to. Uh, he understands playing hard all the time. He also understands that he's one of the upper class, but he's got to set an example. And again, you know, they got seven seniors. I think they got uh, six scholarship seniors. But he's a guy that they're counting on, and he's got to carry himself in a manner that uh, others can follow. 
And I think that's what he's basically done. In terms of his game, playing doing a better job of playing through contact. Uh, he's shooting the ball consistently. He's getting to a middle game. Uh, I was, I've was i been really impressed with him. Interesting thing I think is going to be when, uh, if he gets off to the kind of start, uh, sounds like you and I think that he will, he becomes much more prominent on the opponent's game plan. And then how does he counterpunch that? Well, I think counterpunch it because of, uh, he does become a bigger part of the opponent's game plan. And you know what happens? Then there's more space for Oscar to play in the paint. Uh, and if you do that, I mean, then what are you going to do with Casey Wallace? You know, what are you going to do with Savir in transition? You know, what are you going to do with Chris Livingston? You know, they've got a lot of different options. When CJ's 100%, what are you going to do when he stretches the court? You know, I mean, they've got more shot makers. Antonio Reeves has been really, really good, especially obviously it's great in the Bahamas, but he's another guy that has a floor game. So you got CJ and obviously Antonio who have big time shot makers with a floor game. You know, you've got. You know, Jacob, who's now shooting the ball with range, uh, who makes it puts a lot of pressure on the defense as a stretch four, where they, how they're playing them, which gives basically Oscar just more room to play. You know, if you think about it, any time they could have Toppin on the floor, Casey Wallace on the floor, Antonio Reeves on the floor, and Savir on the floor, or whomever else, and you got four floor gamers on the floor at once. They didn't have that a year ago. So... Floor gamers and shot makers are really important. You can have a guy as dominant as Oscar Sheepway. Talk with uh, Coach Seth Greenberg from ESPN. Um, when I look at this team, I see a group that, to me, looks like the more typical kind of Cal team. He, he's You and I both know he's, he's won different ways with different types of teams. And Last year's team... Uh, was one of the best in the country for a time, and um, but was a little more offensive oriented. I thought uh, this year's group to me looks like, you know, with the shot blocking ability that they have and the length and athleticism, potentially could be an outstanding defensive group. Yeah, I think they'll be a really good defensive team. I mean, again, now defensive versatility, which is important. Now also have the physical defender. Case Wallace is an elite defender. You know, some of your compression of the basketball. Uh, Oscar's feet have improved significantly. Uh, so they'll be, uh, CJ Frederick is a very tough, very high IQ defender on and off the ball. Uh, but they're going to be a better offensive team. I mean, last year's team, at the end of the season, let's, you know, again, I'm not making excuses for Cal, but end of the season, they were a mirror image of themselves. Uh, you know, Kellen Grady wasn't who he was. Obviously, Ty Ty wasn't who he was. They were banged up and beat up a little bit. Uh, I think this team has a little bit more depth. Uh, they'll be very good defensively, uh, and I think they'll have guys who can really, really shoot the ball. You uh, talked about Wallace. Uh, give us a little more detail on what is it you like so much about his game. Big, physical, strong, tough, mature, uh, an elite, elite defender. Not a good defender, an elite defender, a physical defender. Has a floor game, uh, can get in the lane, play to contact, uh, and his maturity. He's got, he's got a presence. You know, I mean, uh, look, he's not Derrick Rose, but he's got a presence of those type of guys that Cal's had uh, that uh, I think will be, I think he has a chance to be a dominant player uh, on both sides of the ball. What about Chris Livingston? Yeah, Livingston's just a maturity about him as well. Very, very smart, uh, athletic. Got a little Alex Poistrith uh, in his game. Uh, maybe not that bouncy. Uh, shot it okay. Uh, just uh, you talk about blue collar, hard work, and committed defender, versatile. Uh, that's how I look at Chris. 
You mentioned you're out uh, watching an Arkansas practice. Uh, looks like this this league should be loaded this year. See, I, I mean, like I look at seven teams that are really, really good. You know, if you include Texas A&M and, and Florida, you know, with Castleton back, this Arizona team, uh, this uh, Arkansas team is really talented, but young, but young. They got three McDonald's All-Americans. You know, Smith can really, really shoot it. Black can really pass it all, has good size. I think they have really good length of the deflect some passes. You know, they've got, uh, you know, to be uh, uh, enough length in their front court. Uh, but the league across the board, you know, Tennessee is going to be terrific. Oh, I, I've seen Auburn and Alabama. They're both very, you know, very impressive. Uh, Texas A&M returns a ton of guys. Florida with Castleton. Everyone's raving about Kawasi Reeves. They got some good transfers in. You know, the, you know they could be a very good team. So, look, there's no rocket share games in that league, and I think that's what's happening. I, you know, for, it's a blessing and a curse. But a guy that helped build that league, basketball, obviously, is, is Mike Slide. But it's also John set the standard, and then everyone had to decide whether they were going to want a basketball team or a basketball program, whether they want to invest in facilities or whether they want to invest in coaches. You know what? I'm sitting walking around in, in Arkansas's practice facility. It's absolutely incredible. So you've got schools that have invested in coaches that have, can understand what it takes to win. You've invest, invested in facilities. And what you've seen is you've seen a league that could, you know, they got five, six, seven. They got, they got five teams that I would not, I'm not saying they are, but I wouldn't be surprised if they made deep runs in the NCAA tournament. Let me get you out on this question. There's uh, some chatter out there about possibly expanding the NCAA tournament. We'll see how serious it gets. Any any merit to that? I can't see it because I think the whole NCAA is going to be blown up before it happens. I mean, like, as we know it. I think that, the, you know, with, with this conference realignment, what's the NCAA going to look like in, you know, three years? Uh, is it going to be to the point where we're going to have four and five 20-team conferences? I think we'll have an NCAA tournament. Uh, I, you know, it might be more teams because I think that the power programs or leagues will have a certain number of slots, and then the "quote unquote" one bid leagues that are, maybe are conducting the business the same way might even be part of a play-in, like very similar to what you know the first four is right now. So, or the opening round, as they call it. So. Uh, I don't know. I, I know if they had that way back in the day, I probably wouldn't be doing TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just missed a couple of times, didn't you? Yeah, about four in a row. I was in a bubble for 48 straight months. Oh, that's brutal. Coach, I appreciate your time. Get back to uh, the practice. Right, and, uh, I'm coming in on the 30th to do that exhibition game, so look forward to Oh, great. It. See you then. Thanks, Coach. Great dude. Coach Seth Greenberg, ESPN. Friday edition of the Leach Report. Let me take a second to tell you about Shuffle Bean Coffee. It is a Kentucky-based company that is all about being the best, just like the Cats coaches. So it starts with the best coffee beans, and that gives you that fantastic aroma and taste that you get from Shuffle Bean Coffee. Give it a try if you haven't done so already. Pick some up at Central Kentucky Meyer stores, order through Amazon Prime, or go to the website for Shuffle Bean, shufflebean.us. You can order product there and put some hustle in your shuffle. We'll be right back on the Leach Report for Friday. Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. 26 past the top of the hour. We're coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's Pump and Shops all across Kentucky. Sean Vinsel joins us now. 
You can follow on Twitter at Hoops Insight or get his newsletter from HoopsInsight.com. covers the uh, cats and the cards. And uh, Sean, before we get into talking a little bit about Kentucky with the, the season uh, first exhibition game being a week from Sunday, uh, uh, I'll just get you to, to tell us how excited you are about uh, the talk of expanding the NCAA tournament. Oh, I'd say I'm probably a zero on a scale of one to ten about the idea of expanding the NCAA tournament. Um, I, you know, my entire life I've been following it. It's basically been 64 and then 68 teams, and uh, I just love it the way it is. I don't particularly want to see more bubble teams uh, included. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I'll... uh, I understand coaches want their job to be a little bit easier and get those bonuses for making the tournament. But uh, I, I think we've added to the dregs of college basketball in the last few years in terms of adding more teams, and I don't think we need those teams in the tournament. It would uh, seem to me that uh, this is uh, a lot of this. I've, some of the stories I've read uh, kind of traces back to a, a bad TV deal Mark Emmert's uh, struck, struck to try to get some good PR uh, at a time when he needed it, which was essentially most of his career, but uh, they're trying to—they would like to be able to—they to, think they—they they basically sold their product for more for less than it's worth, and so maybe this is a way to try. This would be a way to try to uh, get back into that market, but it would seem to uh, devalue a lot of the things even before you get to the tournament that. Uh, are part of the the excitement that gets that generates interest and you know the the build up to the bracket and uh, even as much as some people don't like conference tournaments, all of that championship week stuff could be devalued too. Absolutely, I think I think championship week's a lot of fun. I mean, I, do too. I understand the idea of maybe wanting to give like mid major conference regular season champions a bid. That that's probably about as far as I'd go in terms of expanding things. But I I think I actually. In recent years, I, I like Championship Week maybe even better than the NCAA tournament just because there's so many games going on, so many different things. And yeah, I, I think the the pressure, for example, last year, you know, you kind of knew Texas A&M made this run to the SEC championship, and they fell just short. But if it wouldn't have been quite the same story if you knew, oh, Texas A&M is probably set; they're going to be a 18 seed in a 300 team tournament or something like that. Like that, to, to me, it's it's not quite the same uh, same storylines it is right now. So we're talking with Sean Vinson. We'll get into a little discussion about the upcoming Kentucky basketball team when we come back. <laughs> Excuse me, <laughs> had to cough, couldn't get to the mic in time. John Lewis from WDRB also coming up in the second half of the show. It is the Leach Report for Friday, and we will be right back. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at Tom Leach KY. Second half of our show for this Friday. Chat with Sean Vinsel, hoopsinsight.com, at hoopsinsight.com. On Twitter, and if you uh, follow, you know that a couple of days ago, Sean uh, put out a post uh, with some key th- stats to track this coming for this upcoming season for Kentucky to be all that it wants to be. So, uh, what are some of the numbers that people should be paying attention to as the season is at hand? Yeah, I. But first of all, my goal with this is not just to pick out like what's Kentucky going to be good at about it, but more where are some things where there's some variability, some changes maybe from last year, things like that. And one, I mean, I, I think you were 
talking about this player with uh, with Coach Greenberg, but I think Jacob Toppin's uh, points per game scoring is a, a big one. I mean, obviously he had a big, big breakout in the Bahamas, uh, averaged about 17 points per game. When I when I, I look, though, I, I set the over-under line about 11 points per game for him this season, which <clears throat> would be a big jump from what he's done at Kentucky. Might seem a little um, a little low when you consider, like, oh, he's probably going to have kind of a breakout season this year. But as I look at it, I think the biggest obstacles for him are going to be, can he get enough minutes played? Um, looking back at you know, who in the front court of Kentucky tends to score over 11 points per game. It's guys who are getting 30-plus minutes a game. and I don't see that for Jacob this year necessarily. I think at the power forward position, he's probably going to be splitting some time with uh, with Chris Livingston a little bit. You know, you got to, you're probably going to get him some minutes there. I wouldn't be surprised to see Damian Collins. So I think Jacob will get about 25 uh, minutes per game, and you know, 11 points per game would represent a pretty big jump in terms of his aggressiveness in looking for his own shot. I think that's the real development that, that he needs to have. So I think getting in, into that double-figure scoring, kind of matching some of the output that Keon Brooks brought last year to the four spot would be a really good goal for, for Toppin. And I think that would be a really nice sign for the team if he can uh, take a step forward to maybe that level, given the depth they have this year. What kind of uh, – how do you see Toppin and Collins um, – minutes breaking down because uh there's been so much talk i I said it myself after watching the first practice those two guys were two of the best guys on the floor and yet uh they they figured to overlap uh, a good bit one would think for minutes right yeah and i i I think collins unfortunately is going to be stuck in a bit of a rough spot this year that he's likely going to be behind oscar who deserves a huge amount of minutes and then Toppin, I think, who has deserved a lot. And, and to be frank, I mean, Toppin fits more of the, the role, I think, of what college basketball needs from the power forward position than Collins does, given Collins kind of still a bit limited shooting ability, I think, from the outside. So I think you, I think if Collins is getting a lot of minutes at power forward, there will probably be some spacing issues where players who want to drive to the rim won't have a lot of space because of Collins and Oscar or Collins and Ware, their defenders are going to be near the baskets. I, I think that's what's going to hold Collins back this year, not his ability, which, I mean, I think in a, in a vacuum, I, I, I think it's very possible that Damian Collins may be drafted in the upcoming draft higher than Oscar Shibley, for example, just because of what he does in terms of defensively, um, his athleticism and just some of the potential you see. But, yeah, it's going to be tough for him to, to get minutes, I think, other than as a backup to Shibley and Coffin. And I think Toppin, he, he's the type of player that if this was a, a typical, you know, six or seven man rotation where you didn't have that many returnees, Toppin would probably be getting minutes like, you know, like you see a 32, 35 minutes a game that some of the, the better forwards have gotten. But just because Kentucky's got um, a, a lot of contributors this season, I think almost everyone's minutes besides Oscar will be camped down a little bit. But I, I, so I think their raw minutes per game or even the kind of typical counting stats of you know, how many points they score, how many blocks they have, how many rebounds they have, won't tell the full story this year. Almost kind of similar to like Al, like a DeMarcus Cousins or Daniel Orton or a lot of the players in 2015 at Kentucky didn't put up amazing stats, but you knew they were having an impact on the game. You make the point in your post that Kentucky has not ranked in the top 30 of defensive efficiency at KenPom.com since the 2019 season. Um, Certainly understandable in the COVID year, 
when they were uh, a nine-win team. But you know, the other uh, two teams were were really good teams. But that's the the difference that I see as I watch their look at this group out on the floor. Is I've, I've said many times, this is going to be uh, back to the the first half of the Cal era, if you will, in terms of uh, a defensive presence. You think that's correct? Absolutely. I completely agree with you. I mean, two of the things that I think are going to be big factors this year, we'll see improvement versus last year, are going to be block shots and forcing turnovers. I think you saw some of that that aggressiveness on defense, athleticism, jumping the passing lanes, and the guys like Collins and Topham going for, for block shots pretty aggressively. In the Bahamas last year, Kentucky slipped quite a bit in shot blocking. It was uh, Calipari's worst shot blocking team that he's had at Kentucky. It's not a huge surprise. I mean, Oscar is not a prodigious shot blocker. He doesn't doesn't have huge length and timing. That's not really his game. Um, <clears throat> but one of the surprising things is you really didn't see anybody else kind of fill that void around him. This year, Damian Collins with his minutes increase, I think, can help. He's tremendous. Um, Jacob Toppin's interesting because he's got the athleticism to do it, but he hasn't really turned that athleticism into production on the defensive end in terms of shot blocking. He's tremendous, you know, kind of perimeter defender sliding his feet and, and forcing players into, into tough shots. So I think there'll be a step up. And Calipari this offseason talked about shot blocking. I think that's something that Kentucky's going to get back to. And then kind of sneakily, Kentucky's never really forced a lot of turnovers under Calipari, except for, you know, a couple seasons they were in the top 100 or so. This season is going to be, I think, is best at forcing turnovers. I think Casey Wallace is the probably the, with the exception of probably Tyler Ulis, the best defensive guard and just a different style than Ulis in terms of Casey Wallace forces turnovers and then severe wheelers a pest. And then Oscar actually generated a lot of steals last year in the uh, in the post. And so I, I think Kentucky's got the weapons to improve. Ken Palm actually their preseason rankings uh, projected Kentucky as the third best defense in the country, which. Um, it's a bit surprising. That's that would be quite a jump from recent years, but I think that reflects uh, the mix of players they've got this year. Yeah, I think the shot blocking numbers will go up, and I think the defensive field goal percentage or what the other team shoots is going to be, uh, you know, much better than it's been for uh, a while. And sub forty percent would would be my guess for the season. Um, what about on the offensive side? What kind of team do you think this is? Yeah. It, it's interesting because Calipari teams kind of tend to have pretty similar styles offensively, even as the mix of players change. Um, obviously, offensive rebounding is going to be a huge uh, factor again this year. I mean, Oscar's still there, and uh, Oscar was the catalyst for Kentucky being one of the best offensive rebounding teams. Uh, another area where Kentucky was excellent last year, they're actually number one in the country in field goal percentage at the rim, and a lot of that was due to Oscar, not only his finishing, but his defender wouldn't leave him because obviously you, you want to try and box out Oscar. And so there wasn't as much help defense. So everybody on the team was able to finish there. The biggest change I think from last year, though, I think you're going to see Kentucky fast break a lot more partially due to, I, I think they're going to generate more steals, which generate a lot of fast breaks. But I think um, this year, both with the depth that Kentucky has, I think Calipari will feel a little more comfortable. Um, when Wheeler was out last year, they, never fast they basically did no fast breaking this year when you've got wallace you can push that but i think that's also a way to leverage 
for example, the athleticism of Jacob Toppin is excellent in the open floor. I think Livingston, um, I think Antonio Reeves is excellent in the open floor. I think those are guys that you want to take advantage of their ability to get out. I think you're going to see more and more easy uh, shots in transition for this team. And I think that'll, that'll help. I, I think the key really is, I mean, last year, Kentucky was one of the best offenses they've had in years, um, largely due to offensive rebounding and scoring at the rim. And I think that's uh, not going to change this year. So I'd expect Kentucky to be elite offensively once again. You can uh, see the full uh, breakdown of uh, the key stats that uh, Sean thinks are, are the ones to track for this season at hoopsinsight.com. You can sign up for the newsletter. You can follow on Twitter at hoopsinsight. And he joins us here from time to time. So, Sean, thank you for the time. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. It is the Leach Report Radio Network, uh, 17 before the top of the hour. John Lewis from WDRB will join us when we return. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. 14 away from the top of the hour. A little breaking news uh, today. Uh, this is via Twitter, but uh, some people always have to be a little skeptical about social media. But uh, this comes from the individual's apparent account. And then uh, uh, so we're Jared Peck, who covers... Uh, High school sports for the Herald Leader retweeted it, so that would add legitimacy that Franklin County's Caden Borman has announced he is reopening his recruitment. Um, said he wants to take all of his official visits and could still end up at UK, to which he committed last fall. Uh, Kentucky obviously will be losing uh, Chris Rodriguez, Cavassier uh, Smoke. Ramon Jefferson is a senior, but uh, one would think uh, he would be back next season since uh, he didn't get to play this year. Uh, Jatan McLean um, listed as a junior, so he'd certainly be right there in the mix. So um, we will see how it plays out. But Caden Mormon decommitting. John Lewis joins us now from WDRB-TV in Louisville. Uh, and uh, John, Cal was in your city yesterday. Did you cover that? Uh, I was not there. Our uh, Griffin Gonzalez, one of our sports reporters, he was there, and uh, he said, uh, Cal, as usual, set the crowd on fire. <laughs> well, he uh, has a uh, quite an ability for doing that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> he seems uh, to be really in a, in a good place with uh, this particular team in the lead-up to this season, doesn't he? Well, as he should. I mean, I think he, he was pretty open about how disappointed he was, and he knows that the Big Blue Nation was with the way the season ended, but... Man, you know, again, what he has coming back and then playing the one-and-done game in a little different way with some transfers, uh, this just feels like this is going to be such a great offensive team. I think there a lot of people are excited, including Cal, no doubt. Um, when you we were just talking with Sean Vinsel from Hoops Inside about some of the, what he thought would be key stats to look at for this team, what are some of the things when you look at this team that you think would be the most pressing questions to be that need to be answered the right way for them to be able to to make a deep run uh, or who has to play at a certain level uh, something like that yeah i think you know there were some shooting worries uh last year but if you look at what you know antonio reeves did at you know illinois state you know they struggled he was a very very good player there and then you also bring in casein wallace who is apparently a very good shooter as well i mean i think that addresses maybe what was one of the key issues for UK last season. 
Um, and I, you know, and hopefully, you know, CJ Frederick can stay healthy enough to, to stay on the floor because we know, you know, that he is a, he's a good shooter and he is a specialist. So, uh, I think those are the keys that Cal addressed and he addressed them with, you know, using the transfer portal and, you know, and obviously the way that he recruits. So I think t- to me, the, the issues that I saw on the floor, it appears he has filled those gaps and has addressed that. John Lewis from WDRB-TV, WDRB.com. Shift gears to football. Tennessee is rolling right now. They'll uh, most likely crush Tennessee Martin this weekend. I think the Pittsburgh team that plays uh, Louisville on uh, tomorrow night is the only one that's held them under 40 so far. Uh, What chance do you uh, give Kentucky in that matchup? I give Kentucky a very good chance. I don't, I mean, I, you know, I think uh, I saw a line that Kentucky's a two touchdown underdog right now. That seems like a lot to me. I understand, you know, when you, when you beat Alabama, you've done something. There's no, we, and we saw the after effects of that. Hopefully the goalposts will be back up for the UT Martin game for Tennessee tomorrow. Um, but no, I think Kentucky very much has a chance that they, Kentucky has talent. Just got to keep Will Levis upright and healthy. Um, and when you do that, you've got you've got an opportunity. I don't care who you're playing. So I just I, I think two touchdowns that just seems to me like a lot. Um, yeah, Tennessee is rolling. Tennessee is very good. Hen and Hooker is just, I mean, he is off the charts good. But maybe it's another shootout. Maybe we see another fifty-two forty-nine game down there. Maybe Kentucky is the one that scores fifty-two this time. You don't want to be in a position as a as a player where you are playing your own almost individual game at the expense of, of your team. And uh, I think Will would be the, the last guy to do that. With that being right. said, I do think you're know, just a competitor in uh, somebody. Um, you know, if you're Will Levis, you see all the attention that uh, is going the way of Hendon Hooker, and deservedly so. Mm-hmm. He's had a tremendous year. But it, uh, I would think, would serve to uh, sharpen your focus for being in a matchup with that person. Yeah, but, you know, it also, it goes back, you're right, he's not an individual player. Uh, You know, how many times do we see, uh, oh, it's Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning. And it's like, you know, those two don't play on the field at the same time. They play their own game. And they've got, they have teams to lead. I I don't know that, I would be surprised if Will Levis got, you know, caught up in that kind of hype because he is such a competitor and team player. And how many times have we seen that? I mean, we saw it against Mississippi State. He was out there. You could tell he still wasn't 100%, and he was just battling. And he was getting brutalized in that first half. Um, I, I don't, I, to me, you know, I don't know Will Levis personally, but I know what I've seen on the field and, you know, doing interviews with him. I don't, I don't think he's going to get caught up in that kind of hype of I've got to be better than the other guy. I think he just wants to go out there and lead UK to a win. I would have to think the way that, that he plays the game and, you know, keeps getting up from getting knocked down the way that Chris <laughs> Rodriguez runs through so much contact that they, they both lay their bodies on the, on the line for their teammates, that that's a big part of, you know, just when those guys are, are in the huddle, you know, if you're blocking for them, whatever, you're like, you know, if these guys are going to take this shot, I'm going to do all I can to keep them uh, from taking as many as I can. No question. I think that's why you see, you know, Chris Rodriguez can lay some blocks, and I, honestly, I think if they if they sprung someone, uh, you know, even split him out wide and, and put him on a reverse, I think Will Levis would be one of the first guys who would be downfield blocking. I mean, it's just that's that is such a good tandem that they have going right now, and 
obviously we have seen how much better Kentucky is with Chris Rodriguez back in the lineup, and I think that is going to be a key factor when you're playing a Tennessee team that you know uh, that can score, but also pretty good defensively. Yeah, I mean, obviously they gave up a lot of points against Alabama, but that was Alabama. I, I, I just think Kentucky with that tandem, and then you know, if, again, you protect Will Levis. They've got a shot. They absolutely do. If the teams were were equal. What would be the, do you think, the toughest place to get a win in the SEC, toughest road venue? Again, teams are, are equal, you know, uh, mm-hmm. that you're playing in, in that mythical uh, question. Uh, so, you know, Kentucky get ready to go down to Knoxville next week. Well, I mean, I, I, to, Knoxville was, I, I was there, this this was, and I, you were as well. I was standing on the field when Tim Couch went down there, and that was when that was a, Kentucky had really had a, a good opportunity uh, to beat Tennessee, and the place was full of you know hundred thousand people. I, I've I've told people I was standing on the field during that game, and when Tennessee scored, the ground literally shook. It's I, I've been to a lot of football venues in different leagues, and including the SEC. To me, though, that that is always going to be the hardest place to play. Uh, it's just it uh, from you know you might have some players; they might have a different. Uh, answer but man i mean knoxville and they and those fans are right on top of you uh, it's just uh it was an incredible atmosphere and i've been there a few more times after that um maybe you know when sometimes when kentucky had a shot but i've never seen an atmosphere like that and i can only imagine what that was last saturday talk about the ground shaking it really was john lewis wdrb tv thank you for the time sir enjoy the weekend thank you tom it's coming up on our last break for this Friday edition of the Leach Report. We'll close out the show when we come right back. You're tuned to Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report. And visit TomLeachKY.com for more news and views on the cats. Final segment of our Friday show, the Mellow Mushroom Slice of Wildcat History, is an anniversary that would be celebrated actually tomorrow in 1988 on October the 22nd. Kentucky upset 11th ranked Georgia 16 to 10 was the biggest win by ranking in the Jerry Claiborne era and Alfred Rawls uh, against his home state school that didn't offer him a scholarship was the star player for Kentucky ran for I want to say like a buck 28 something like that and uh, Kentucky got the win over the dogs happy birthday former Kentucky football coach Bill Curry former Kentucky defensive back Cartier Rice out of Keeneland this weekend, two stakes on the card tomorrow, including uh, the Raven Runs for three-year-old Phillies, always one of the better betting races of the fall meet, I think. And uh, Midnight Stroll at 10-to-1 on the outside is one worth a look. If you uh, look at the trouble, this horse had a little bit of trouble last time out, and the horse that uh, beat her came back to win a grade one. Midnight Stroll's got a big shot, I think, in there at 10-to-1. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you on Monday. for listening to the leach report make sure you check out the podcast page at tomleachky.com whenever you miss a show and be sure to follow the leach report facebook page if you have a question for tom email it to leachreport at gmail.com see you next time right here on the leach report radio network hello 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.